0: Press the button, asshole. And
1: I'm learning to love myself again. Slowly becoming better than
0: who I What's up? Boners! Welcome to Fox News. I'm your host. I don't know any other Fox News oh. hosts besides uh, Tucker Carlson, Brian man. Kilmeade, Brian Kilmeade. I was also thinking, like, while we did the intro, because I remember saying that I wanted to make that like a thing. Uh, yeah, I was thinking. I was trying to think of like really stupid like TV shows that we like. We like that, and I just couldn't like immediately left my brain at
1: all of them. There's every single one of them. There's Laura Ingram. Uh, Brian Kilmeade, he's on that show. I can't remember what the fuck that is. That f- oh, Fox and Friends. Oh yeah, yeah I, Fox I, and Friends. I ended up learning so much about Fox while Trump was president because that's how you get news about him. He would yeah. get on Fox and just like say that he's ruining America, True. and you're like, oh my god. <laughs> so you would learn all these stooges, and it was always so fun when he'd say something really horrible, and they were like, I don't know how to.
0: <laughs> They're like, oh, not and agree, I guess. Um, speaking of horrible yeah. TV like that. I so I had a show in Iowa City, um, I had a show in Iowa City last weekend or whatever the weekend that just happened, and it was good, it was great. On our way home though, our merch guy starts like actively passing a kidney stone and what a baby dude right and uh, just fucking,
1: everybody <laughs> knows you just plug your nose and you go Ugh! yeah yeah, uh, sneeze you really hard. Out. yeah yeah exactly like, a, like oh, yeah. a little 22 this is medical advice yeah <laughs> <laughs> so i
0: um so we're driving and i can like see in my little mirror i'm like see him just like kind of Writhing around, and I'm like, I've, I've turned my music down. I'm like, what's going on back there, buddy? And he was like, What's up, lad? He because he had just went to the hospital like a week prior for for the same issue, and he was like, Oh man, my fucking kidney stone giving me such a hassle. Blah 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 blah. I'm like, okay, uh, you good? He was like, I feel like I'm gonna throw up. And I was like, do not do that in my car. And no, he was like, n-uh. I was like, tell me, and I will pull over, but I'll
1: please. i anything to like, prevent that. Yeah, attitude.
0: and not even the fact that, like, it would get on my car. I don't care about that. I just don't like vomit. I don't like hearing it. I don't like smelling it. I don't like seeing oh, it. Oh, really? So, yeah. no, one of those. No, yeah, I
1: hate it. I'm a sympathy vomiter, I dude. I couldn't give a shit. And yeah, I really don't.
0: So, uh, so we're driving. We have, like, two and a half hours left, and he is struggling. And I I'm like, bro. I was like, we can stop at some like little shitty Missouri hospital to, you know, get it get you through. And he was like, Yeah, we might have to do that. So we stopped at this, like, I don't what know. What do they
1: do? I think well, you just have to pass it. Well, they, just- yeah,
0: but he he like it's gotta like They're get into drugs. your bladder and stuff like that. So um so dude, I know. I'm gonna drink some water now, just yeah. thinking about that. Everybody so, drink water. Got you. Um, so he uh
1: He's drinking water now.
0: Yeah. Um, so we got there and, like, I went and got gas while Casey and, and our merch guy, Jason, went in there. And I came in and she, I was like, hey, the front desk lady was like, some guy came in here complaining about a kidney stone. And she was like, yeah, he's in a room right now. Uh, but there can only be one more person back there. So you, you can sit and wait in the waiting room. I was like, cool, got it. So I went into the waiting room and I'm like sitting there and the TV is on and they're playing this, like, it it was like, I don't know, man. It was like Fox News on crack. It was like ultra conservative. Newsmax? It, it, I don't know if it was Newsmax. It was like Dr. Newsmax.
1: Was it OANN?
0: No. Because huh? that's how
1: it goes. It goes Fox, Newsmax, and OANN. And OANN is like idiocracy skits. You're like, I can't believe this is even real. Like it's A-
0: it's called AMT. It's America uh fuck i can't i because i took pictures what? of this doctor that they had on who looks like a fucking super like a villain like a absolutely
1: that's not showing up it's, anything from- yeah
0: it's called Oh uh, man i wish i could let me see if i can zoom in on this real quick um i'll send you a picture of the doctor uh to your nope, that is not you. To your Anti-
1: conservative news, let's try that now. Math. Yeah.
0: To right, your text, I just sent you a picture of the doctor through your text. But um, they were guess one of the things they were talking about.
1: Hunter um, Biden's trans- laptop. Oh and trans my people, dude! God. I was and like, yeah, very trans, trans people. people. Yeah. Hunter Biden's laptop, dude. They they bought into that thing that they made up so so hard. hard. So and I'm hard. like, guys. They- you can't make us care about it. You made it up for yourself. Yeah. It's your problem. America. Oh, what is that? America Today. Dude, what is this? This I is th- like the This guy? Holy shit. Dude, I told you, yeah. He looks uh <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Looks like Madonna now. I'm trying to think, is it American Medical Today? You can hear my hilarious joke
0: or, is, or oh. is it American Yeah, so it's American Medicine Today. It's on Newsmax. So that's you're correct. Oh, it, it is on Newsmax. Newsmax. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Um, yep. American Medicine Today. And it's like the that doctor who was fucking
1: dude is looking on earth. Wait, wait, wait. Maybe he he kinda seeing another picture, this dude might have survived like something bad happened. Did he? I will I, I will I'm redact
0: a, my statements.
1: Yeah, I was like, wait, he oh, dude, they've got Kevin Sorbo on an episode.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me see, what's this dude's name? His name is like uh, Doctor Benai or something like that. It's
1: Doctor Alfred Benati. Benati, yeah yeah, 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 yeah.
0: And his, Euker. I, I don't know if it's his wife or his daughter. She hosts it, Kimberly Benati.
1: Fuck, uh, I can Google, finding out Google changes something that is the worst. Dude this uh, yeah. I just did a right click and search Google for and now it opens a little window on the side instead of in a new it. tab. Uh I don't actually I don't know maybe I think he, he just looks like that. I think he actually cuz the pictures I'm looking at look old so I think he just chose to surge or to uh get plastic surgery to make himself look like a 80s gremlin yeah. monster to be <laughs> He's honest. A, he's a, <laughs> he's a a world
0: renowned spinal
1: doctor apparently. And he goes on Newsmax. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah, dude. dude? <laughs> but Newsmax they, is bonkers, too. Yeah, that it's crazy. Really- but I
0: was sitting in the waiting room watching this, and it was like, it was like, these transgenders, blah, blah,
1: blah, just going off about it. And I was like, oh. what does it uh, concern you? Who cares, bro? Oh Shut God, up. Dude. dude, my, I mean, I love my aunt. For the most part, you know, for better or for worse. But, like, she, she just can't help but to bring it up all the time. And she lives in a town of, like, a thousand people in southern Illinois. Jesus. I'm like, have you ever met a trans yeah. person? Shut <laughs> up. Shut your they mouth. It don't matter for your life at all.
0: Um, I also wanted to go. Uh, I've been, after listening to our last episode, I've been kind of stewing on this. Um I gave some misinformation when I said uh, we were talking about Frank and Bill uh, and Bill I'm sorry Frank did not have cancer in the game but he I think he was bitten by zombies um, so oh, that's okay, one of the reasons really? he killed himself so I yeah um, I was waiting for someone to correct me about it but it never happened so I was like you know I should go in there and-
1: well, also we had to make fun of our viewers for not noticing or telling us that we misnumbered oh, a lot yeah, of yeah, episodes. Yeah. yeah, but I mean you know whatever The reason that
0: happens is because I don't like typing out all of the information on like the episode and the in the uh, uh, description. So I copy and paste both onto the new episode and just change the title and the number and the things we're covering
1: uh I'm well now's as good a time as any to tell you i went and edited a ton of those good that's fine <laughs> i don't care i was like those are trash <laughs> i just wanted to make sure that they had the names in them all yeah that was my thing i wanted to make sure that the people that we talked about were called out so if you google them yeah you can um, find our episode
0: that is also because sometimes i forget who you cover uh i can tell yeah, yeah. yeah i did notice yeah, that. Yeah.
1: i did know it's one that. of those yes. things where i
0: where i think about it, like i'm like all right who did he cover and i think about it real hard and the harder i think about it the more it goes away from my brain it, it is hard to think of it, yeah
1: dude. i mean we've done like a hundred yeah we've done a, episodes, like, a ton of so, these so uh that is yeah
0: that is definitely uh, the reasoning that happens but also I, uh, I want to go on record saying that I have offered for you to be the one to upload them and you're like no nah, I'm good I don't want to do that. It doesn't work. Like, You've okay. got the file, my well, god. Well, back when I was you were
1: living here and yeah, I just didn't want to. Yeah, man. exactly. So <laughs> so you get well, what now you I get. Go and fix them. Now I went and fixed them that's, and I wasn't going to bitch about it cuz I knew that was me. exactly yeah. the agreement. Yeah. Uh I I was looking for a book to read that wasn't dystopia. Because I've been reading a ton of it. And I was like, I'm going to read something else. And I tried to read this Stephen King book that I downloaded. And it didn't work. And so, But there was this other book on my Kindle that I had sent to it ages ago. And I was like, ah, fuck it. I'll just start that. And I'm reading it. And it's a fucking pandemic dystopia about a fungus that spreads Dude. through and kills everybody. Yeah, and I was like, sick. Tight. But also... Dystopia, but I mean, whatever. It's a really cool book, and also dystopias written by women are really just more interesting. And I'm like, they're always way better written too. So I was most? stoked. I'm reading Severance by Ling Ma. If anyone wants to read it, it's pretty I good. feel
0: I feel confident saying that most things done by women are usually probably more interesting.
1: As far as art goes, I think you could make an argument there. Yeah. Um, the ex- yeah uh but this like with sopia especially i don't know they just they're better about writing about like feelings and stuff <laughs> who would have thought? feeling yeah they don't do that in their dystopias they're like i, I crushed yeah, this guy I killed this hat. man yeah, yeah and i was like were you sad about yeah. it dude? that's crazy no i'm hard
0: i've never killed someone yeah. before but i didn't care
1: yeah literally though and but like uh and also it was funny because i was reading this one and there were a couple things I I didn't know who wrote it because I was just reading it and uh, there was one part where I noticed I was like man they they're mentioning a lot about clothes and they're doing it in great detail I was like that's kind of interesting I don't hear see that a lot with male writers yeah and then there was one part where the lady character in the story was describing like taking a shower and then she's like she writes in the book, she's like, I then I squatted in the shower like a sumo to shave my pussy. I was, I was like, whoa. wait, did a dude write this book? I was like, so I had to go and Google it. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, that makes way more sense. Shave yeah. that puss, dude. And I was like, whoa, they never do that. Coming to <laughs> a novel near
0: you. Coat? Shaving that puss. <laughs> <laughs> I hit the air horn button, so it's super good. <laughs> um, so, oh, But it is good. Um Spotify, I don't know if this is AI that I'm pretty sure. It, I well, I feel stupid saying that. It is definitely AI that does it. Uh, but they make these playlists. It's a little
1: man on your phone. Yeah, right. You know. Just doing it
0: manually. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they make these playlists that are obviously auto generated and give them auto generated names. And I looked up mine, and this is the list of made for you playlists that Spotify gave me. So I have a. Bubble grunge, a bubble grunge mix. That's one playlist. Uh, next playlist is evil mix. Next is anti-anxiety mix. Then we have milk mix. <laughs> okay, you're like
1: okay, rude. Yeah. I think <laughs> next
0: is witchcore mix. Understandable. After that, it's dogs water mix.
1: Instagram was like tagging you as a human. Yeah, yeah.
0: So dogs water mix, and then lastly, yeah, it's pirate mix. (laughs) Uh, I think you just go to the go to the search and type made for you. Yeah, type made for you, and it'll pop up. Um, And then, oh, I
1: have no. I I mean, mine all say the same stuff. Mine say all the same stuff. Really, I have evil fast. Milk, anti anxiety, evil fast milk, Evil fast mil- milk milk. <laughs> Band name dibs. Uh late night pirate dogs water again. That's witch so cor- weird. Yeah. I've got them all. But it's funny because really I'm
0: looking at the milk playlist and I'm looking at the milk playlist and all and for some reason looking at the songs oh, they okay. put, I would associate these songs with milk. I don't know why. But what's I the would.
1: top song on yours? My milk playlist. Yeah, what's the first... like? Name the first three songs.
0: The first three songs are What's Up by Mom Jeans, Blonde Hair, Black Lungs by Sorority Noise, and Ghost Ride
1: by Crumb. Okay, so those are what's... They they customize the song specifically. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what... Mine's Kenny Beats, or Still by Kenny Beats, Diana with Kodak Black, and Outside by Wi-Fi God, and then Zach Fox right after. I mean... Dude, honestly, so I've been using Spotify a lot more this year because I got my last FM report for the year. And yeah. I was like, man, I did not listen to a lot of new music. And I was kind of feeling that. You yeah, know? I was like, I just kind of listened to the same shit over and over. So I was like, I'm going to get on Spotify and like actually use it. And I hate the playlists it makes. They are awful. And they put a lot of the same songs in goddamn any genre, like any genre playlist. Yeah. And I was getting like rap rappers showing up in, like, all these different mixes, but I do like Spotify for finding an artist and then going and listening to it. I That's don't know. I,
0: I do. feel like since I've used Spotify exclusively for, like, the better part of a decade, I feel like my it knows me a little bit better, so my playlists are good, are, like, kind of way better. Like, I, I like the playlist it makes me, but I have noticed that there are certain songs that fucking the Spotify will not let go. It They will, they are, like, Remember when you listen to this song a bunch? You're going to listen to it now all the time. So, like, for instance, when I, like, get, to, like, when it cycles through the end of one of my playlists, because I'm the type of person that will put all my, the music, I'll add, I'll keep adding to a playlist, and so for a portion of a couple weeks, the last, like, ten, five, six songs on that playlist are all I listen to, because I just cycle through. Oh, okay. And, uh, so when I get to the end of the playlist, it always plays uh this song called using again by sorority noise. Does not matter at all what the end songs are. It <laughs> plays this song. And I'm just like, Jesus Christ, like, let it go. I, hate that. I skip I hate it that. every time, bro. I don't yeah, want to listen to it, it anymore. Matter. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, is that
1: a good song? It's pretty good, yeah.
0: I like it. Madison, I, I'm right. I i do not like really anymore because uh Spotify has yeah. fucking forced me to try to listen to it. So uh, you know
1: no. i think it's funny how much we have in common but like musically we have yeah
0: it's complete polar, polar opposite yeah yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> very complete little. polar
1: opposites uh, both like sub focus and like that's, that's it. yeah it's the only thing i could think of
0: <laughs> dude sub focus i like that was so funny because um if you're i don't know if we've ever like discussed that but it's i mean it's not really anything to discuss but one time me and Goose went to a gun show together.
1: Oh yeah, and
0: yeah. He, we were I we were t- I can't remember we were talking about music or something like that. And like you were like yeah, and then you played that song by Sub Focus it's called like Rocket or whatever. Yeah. And it happened to be a song that I listened to when I was like 13 and really enjoyed and then lost forever because my old MP3 yes. player died. And, and I, you can't find, an I can't find like it anywhere. Yeah, anywhere, no. dude. And I was just floored
1: that uh you whipped that thing that, out of the that blue. That was the one I yeah. played, yeah. I still listen to that subconsciously. Dude, it's a banger. Song. It's a fucking super like, banger. I honestly like one thing I did like, I've uh they had Spotify had a genre playlist I can't remember what it was it was like maybe just upbeat electronic music and it, it sounded like that sub focus song for like two and a half hours Dude, like it, hell yeah. and i was like this is what i this fucking want move. i was like i can't even tell when it changes songs i fucking love this I, shit d-
0: yeah and, and that's i that is one of the things i like about spotify too because when they do get a playlist right it is like it's it's just bangers through and through yeah I gotta put yeah. some like chiller uh music on my ketamine treatment playlist because I have
1: I have. I mean, do you even listen to chill music? I feel like every song I've ever heard from you that you've played is not chill in this slightest.
0: Yeah, that's a usually like at
1: all. If
0: you uh, yeah. look up, if you look up, uh, snacks and official on Spotify, you can see my ketamine playlist. It's public, and it's all it's all really chill music. But there is like. This small treatment? section. Yeah, it's called Treatment. Um, there's like this small section of, if you, let
1: me pull it up real quick. Treatment. Um, it, this is amazing because it's like, oh, okay, you do have some artists. I was like, you made this whole playlist without a single artist that I would listen to? Yeah. But there's like, <laughs> there's like three, like Daft Punk, M83. M83 is a good choice. Oh, they're honestly. great. Yeah, they're phenomenal. Instant Crush by Daft Punk. That's yeah. It. Nope, that's uh, it. Those are that the only, Oh, and "All Eyes on Me" by Bo Burnham. So, yeah. I the, don't think I would put that in that playlist. Oh, I love it. It's great. It like I don't know. It would be kind of fun on ketamine. here. Yeah. the dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's all. yeah. So there's cool.
0: there's the. Uh, um, the two songs are right at that are right after Say La V by Young Gravy. I actually need to take that off the playlist. I don't like listening to that. I thought it was gonna be cool because yeah, I, I liked I like the beat. I, I fucked with that song. I don't listen to a lot of Young Gravy. I like him as a person, but I don't really fuck with his music that much. But there's those two songs by Hail Lung that are just like Nordic, Germanic, like Viking chanting and stuff. And when those things pop up, bro takes me to another world. I'm like, I, The shit makes me like, cause usually when I'm on ketamine, I'm like laying down. And, uh, one really good song I listen to is I really want to stay at your house, which is a cyberpunk song accompanied by the bright lights of the, what, you know, the light projector in the office. I am in cyberpunk 2077
1: all the way. That's sick. Uh, but then one time I did shrooms with Reagan and she put on YouTube, uh, a, of, a like, I can't even remember, like a German choir play, playing this fucking ancient song, and it was like, like, like tears were pouring. Profound experience, wow. Oh, profound experience, yeah. It, so I, I couldn't tell where the sound was coming yeah. from. You know, so, oh my that's, God. dude, that's
0: exactly like when I have my headphones in on ketamine. It's like it's playing in my brain, and when those like viking music comes on like usually i'm feel like i'm full of lead and i'm down but like i like sit up and i'm like looking around i feel like i'm like hunting it's like fucking viking times and i'm about to just take down a giant animal or like i'm walking up the seven thousand <laughs> steps of skyrim it's crazy dude it's fucking bananas um but yeah it's a it's a pretty it's i've kind of pavlogged myself though now because i always start my treatment with the song lock it by Crum. So every time I hear uh-huh. that song, it like triggers something in my brain to where I'm like, whoa, oh shit. Wow. Yeah, I gotta like kinda like chill out for a second and That's hilarious. tell myself I'm not on ketamine. <laughs> um did you watch the new episode of Last of Us, right? You did? Yeah. Oh, spoilers,
1: we're gonna ruin yeah, it. Yeah, spoilers. Honestly, it was a good episode, no problems with it. I felt like I just wanted more. Yeah. It felt like very much a setup episode. I kinda like As soon as it was over, I was like, I don't remember anything that happened. And I could think about it as like, okay, yeah, I remember. But it just didn't feel, you know. I get that. It feels more suited for binging that episode. I get that. I was, I. But I liked seeing him bond and it was really funny. And also the hot goss for the week. Uh, is the is Leo got his Leonardo DiCaprio got his nineteen year old fucking girlfriend? Oh, yeah, and yeah. And him, he and his girlfriend are the same age as Pedro Pascal, and I forgot her name already. The girl who plays Ellie. Yeah, and I, I was like, that that sends it home. That absolutely, yeah, that is there. This
0: oh, the Bella Ramsey. It was like
1: I thought that was her name. Like, I didn't Leo. want to <laughs> say Ramsey. And then he did it in his forties, and we we're like, okay, Leo. buddy stop now he's 46 and doing this you're like good he, she wasn't alive when the titanic yeah. movie came out Jesus, my god Jesus. yeah
0: it's uh i've been seeing those memes everywhere and i'm just like oh my fucking
1: god i love the one of uh he's like hold my beer and she's like i can't
0: yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> um oh,
0: okay so what i remember before we started i was talking to you about uh, just a quick sidetrack i was talking to you about uh the the podcast episode I listened to that I couldn't remember it was the strangle of bank one where I covered uh the dude who went after the the yes, phantom debt my neighbor yeah yeah so I was listening to that on the way to wherever and I was like listening to myself tell this story and I was like man I am fucking struggling through this thing. I don't know what that was. Story was crazy. It was though. insane. But like I was like listening to myself tell it, I was like, I had just like I don't know, man. I felt like I was fucking tripping over every rock in this story trying to get through it. And I, it happens sometimes, and i listen to episodes like that, but when it's super noticeable, I'm like, oh, there's shit. Some,
1: there's some There's where I'm like, I don't know. I feel like I didn't write that up right. Yeah, same. You know what I mean? Same. Yeah, I get that. I mean, they can't all fucking be perfect. That's true. Like, the, the I, I felt bad about my Carlos Kaiser one because I was like, man, I don't think I ended that right. It's a good know. story, though. It was really good. But it was so hard to find info about that dude after he stopped playing. Yeah. He was just was like, ah, fucking, stop playing.
0: Yeah. Fade into obscurity, man. Um, but yeah, uh, like I, you said on the last of us episode, it oh, wasn't, yeah. it wasn't as like memorable. Pat. Like, yeah, 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 it was good. I like, I enjoyed it.
1: Uh, but the, her shooting that guy was, that was like a really harrowing yeah, scene. Yeah,
0: it was. That was sad. But like, uh, and it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a and very I, really,
1: good, I just really appreciated that Pedro Pascal was like he, he embarrassed for him. He's yeah. like, I'm sorry that I did that to you. Yeah, you know like I mean? You That's, had to do that. Yeah, and then she's like, I've already killed people before. He's like, all right, well, here's your gun back. Yeah, yeah. here you go. <laughs> Take it. It's Holy yours. Shit. <laughs> uh shit. Totally right.
0: It's a very... Uh, I mean, it was a really good shooting scene, though, because it's like... Super realistic. Yes, yeah, so exactly. Someone gets shot, and they, like, limp away, but, like, uh, uh, someone gets shot... In the spinal cord, it's like it's, like a, it's a little three eighty. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like, it,
1: it's not gonna go through him or kill him instantly. You but, know? It, like, but it hit him. Yeah, hit, hit him, hit him in, in the spinal, spinal cord, like, and it was and, like,
0: yeah, it, it was an instant like paralyzed, dude. It fucking can't feel my so legs, gr- God, and he's like man. starts
1: begging and shit. I I think I remember my buddy telling me that that was there was a scene like that in the game, and it was like featured prominently in um an ad for the game too, where the guy was like. Saying his name and like begging for his life, and like Joel shoots him in the head. Damn, I think I've seen that ad, so I I think that's kind of what they were doing for that. Uh, but that whole part was like ultra that's tough, yeah. I mean, but that's that's the reality, dog. You fucking, but them building trust and everything and being friends. I was, yeah, I I remember specifically organic.
0: I was specific, I remember specifically saying when I when they started like joking with each other, I was like, oh man, yeah, I was wondering when they were gonna put like heartwarming scenes which ever you know they've had heartwarming scenes between the two but like like that they're becoming a little yeah. more comfortable yeah. with each other uh, yeah
1: i was so mad that they lost the truck full of guns dude me so too mad. i was like i, I was cannot like, you believe- had that fucking thing for like a day yeah, you and idiot. you lost it you fucking Please. goober and also i was like his plan to blast into the ambush—I was like super weird choice, my guy. I think I would have turned around. You
0: know, yeah. As think- soon as I saw that guy hobble out, I would have put the bitch in reverse and
1: yeah, gone not the go the other way. Over. Yeah. So when his all his tires popped, I was like, "Well, you duh. fucking goober, fucking
0: yeah. All the you equipment goob. you had is now gone. I wonder what
1: he- is. Do what? Uh, he only killed. Two people there, right? I was thinking about this later, because when the peop, Fireflies, or no, the KC I don't know, Goons. people yeah. mob, uh, find the guy that he stabbed, Mercy stabbed, they're like oh, they killed this guy, but I was like, didn't he kill t- one or two other people? He shot, before? so
0: he, he shot uh, yeah, he killed two people. So he shot the dude that was hiding the behind truck. the truck that yeah. faked
1: like he was injured, and then no, the, he, no, he shot the other guy. Yeah, because that other guy came in. Yeah, after yeah. Him so he, he shot that away. guy. Yeah.
0: He shot that guy at the truck, and the other guy moved in into the storefront he was in. He killed that guy, and then long haired dude that begged for his life busted in through the door, and I just thought got him it, that way. It, it, it was so funny because they were
1: like, They killed Brian. Yeah. I was like, weren't there two corpses in Yeah, Nobody yeah. like, that- fucking cares <laughs> they like, about those nobody guys. Nobody cares suck. About, dude, Tom- <laughs> Like and they got Tommy and they like, oh well. Fuck him. It's the reason we had him on ambush, dude. Yeah. We, we
0: hope he would not <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Give him a real dangerous drop, so hopefully he doesn't come back. Nobody likes him. Um
1: yeah. I also But is- I I did like the Casey and everything. I thought that was cool. Me you too. Know, the, yeah. This setting. Uh, I also didn't realize that Frank's cabin. I this was something I read. Frank's cabin was like ten miles outside of Boston. I was like, what? <laughs> no. <laughs> well no. Yeah, that's true. Absolutely fucking not. <laughs> they're like, you're way too far from anybody. I was like, is he? Isn't not, he just right yeah, by Boston? Not quite.
0: Not quite. <laughs> um, but they're I'm trying to think. Uh I also we were talking we were talking about it. We were like, this is supposed to be set in KC, but there are a ton of white people here. I have not seen. I didn't really. I don't think I saw like one. You never per-
1: have black zombies. That's a whole thing. Well, even I Walking even, Dead didn't well, have black even
0: not even zombies. Like the survivors in KC, there were like no people of color. I was like, KC has a I mean, huge if, person of color if population. If the U.S.
1: government is going to go lock down neighborhoods and blast a bunch of people so they don't get become infected later. It's going to be marginalized. Be group. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Fair. I mean, what the. That's on, In on that brand. Little for town. The government. That was a little black baby who, yeah. who was, you know, I was just, it, of course they would. I, that totally is on brand. Oh, and bring all for the, the engineers who white people and then they would fucking blast everybody yeah. else.
0: Yep. Um, dead on. That uh, that sums up that argument of that's, ex- yeah. that's exactly like what yeah. that's exactly what the government well,
1: would okay. do. Yep. <laughs> exactly yeah, I mean, they all and especially now because they're literal like fascists. Yeah, full on Nazis. Half the cops,
0: like like ninety eight percent of the cops, would be like, hell yeah, we are on board. You mean that thing we've remember- been? You mean that oh. thing we've been doing the entire time? Uh, yeah so. <laughs> Oh, you guys want us yeah. <laughs> to do that
1: now? I thought the PC yeah. mob. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not woke like you. <laughs> Did you? I think we talked about it. You ever see the show Sweet Tooth? Uh, I don't. F- it's a Netflix show. I think so, dude, it, it's honestly super similar to the story of uh, The Last of Us. It's, it's very similar. Sweet.
0: Tooth. Uh, oh, with, I've seen. But it's I don't a good think show. I watched it. I don't think I watched
1: it. I think but you I like... check it out. I think anybody it, who likes The Last of Us would like Sweet Tooth. a Is lot. it a
0: zombie film? No, or just post-apocalyptic. Uh, it,
1: it's a col- uh, yeah collapse. Yeah. Okay. There's a uh basically the gist of it is the there was a big sickness going around right and this at the very same time humans started giving birth to human animal hybrids okay and they don't and you don't know why and that's the whole plot of the story and it's really cool it's honestly like it's like kind of magic realism and and, uh it's it's a really neat story like it kind of comes off more like sci-fi than magic i really.
0: okay i like yeah i because i saw the 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 like thumbnails for it and everything and it looked interesting and i've heard um really good reviews about it, i just never checked it out i watched yeah, I, I like it a lot did we talk about this i watched a movie called ves oh vesper uh that's what it was also i started watching peaky blinders because i've never seen it before Uh, Good. It's been fucking. I'm only like two episodes. We're only two episodes in, but great, fantastic. I I like so much. Yeah, same. But uh, I thought it was like uh, the the old trick of those newspaper boy caps they have, keeping razor blades in like the bill of it and like hitting people with it. I was like, God damn, I didn't even think about that.
1: Ruthless. You're like, wow, writing that down. Yeah, (laughs) right. Write that down.
0: Write that down. Uh, But I watched this movie a while back called Vesper. And it's like a it's like a post apocalyptic sci fi film, where um, where basically corporations or the government or whatever have genetically modified all seeds to only be able to produce one harvest and so they that's basically how they control the population you can only have one harvest and you got to come you got to comply with us and get seeds and everything um and you know the main antagonist is like or i'm sorry the main protagonist is like learning how to unlock the the seed genome or whatever so they can have as many harvests as they want and Uh. there's like bad guys and bad government guys and like her dad fought in a war and got hit, like you know
1: Basically, the disabled cast pictures that they're showing for Google looks just like six white cue balls. Is it they're just they are, oh, dude? They, they, I just google like Vesper movie, you know, how it shows, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the pictures, yeah, they all look like fucking oh, A. yes, they, yeah, they do. <laughs> these are all
0: very British people, um, uh, but it, and they have like these genetically, or I'm sorry, these like basically test tube babies called jugs and they're like servants and stuff like that um it, it was all right it wasn't bad i would i it's eh, it's not the best movie ever made but it was an interesting interesting watch did you fucking watch the first episode of kunk on earth
1: i watched the first episode of kunk on earth it's good it's a funny show it's funny yeah it is it's wait reagan what was that show called what the one that you like that isn't kunk on earth Look around you. Have you ever heard of no, that? No, I have not. It's when is that from? It's from BBC Two. It's from BBC, like the nineties. Like the seventies. The seventies. It, it's this this show. Reagan showed me this a long time ago, and it's like it's like a very just ultra British comedy where they pretend to be like a a science show, but they just like just make things up all the time, <laughs> and they're just like wrong and ridiculous. Hell and yeah, dude and kunk on earth is that like very much that and uh i was like man Reagan's gonna fucking love this shit like i i think it's funny it's like uh, it's just so british that's the only word yeah I mean very british it. yeah it gave but me they think it's so funny to just say something wrong yeah and i'm like H- i guess it's ha- pretty ha, funny you know? i don't know it's kind yeah, of yeah, funny yeah i mean it is yeah. it's it's Oh, uh, uh, what is it from me early aughts the early aughts, the early aughts. To look like it's a 70s show.
0: oh okay yeah so uh it gave me especially the interviews it gave me big between two ferns vibes like
1: yeah yeah. Uh, and i was and, the interviews were really funny I, yeah like this kind of a sasha bearer cohen kind of bit where she's like pretend yeah you know, all those people were so patient and i know cool with i her. i
0: want to assume i like i'm going to go ahead and assume that they had like a talk pre-interview like how between two ferns does it and she's like this is a comedy just i feel like i don't know i think scholars i think- scholars are usually very patient with people. So like I could see it being especially like, in front of like cameras. especially in front of cameras, I could see it being real. But if I, I don't know, I feel like some of them people have just been like, are you fucking with me? Or I mean, what's going on?
1: I think that she doesn't tell them. I think she does the Sasha Baron Cohen style where she reveals after, because that one guy that she was interviewing, like the questions, I can't remember what she was asking, but she was asking these questions, and he was like looking around the room. He's like, "Is this shit fucking?" Yeah, faleal? I know who you're talking about. I know. Yeah, that, and, you're and, about. and I was like, "I don't think this guy knows. I think he was gonna leave." He was like, "Oh, it was." She was. Singing. She was talking about like marshmallows or something like that. Oh, it was the song. No, no, it wasn't the the expression. Fuck, what was she asking him? I thought yeah, it had it to just, do with
0: like it had to do. So for some reason, my brain is saying it had to do with she was making like some a joke about like them being something being a marshmallow or something like that. And she was like, Well, can I eat it? And he was like, I don't know. Don't do that or
1: something. But I know you're she talking like about. Some, yeah, she like makes some answer a question. Or it, and he's like, I couldn't answer that. And she's like, well, you have to. You have to pick one. And he's yeah. like, oh, oh, it was yeah. the perfected. It was the perfected oh, or invented yeah, yeah, yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and I can't remember what the idea she gave him was. But he that whole line of questioning, she was just, he was like, what the fuck is going on? Like, he looks so ready to walk off. That tracks. I guess. So I really don't I could, think that she yeah. tells him. That. I
0: think it might be a Sasha Baron And it's call. fun. I
1: think that's a fun aspect. No, it's great. It. Yeah. Did you ever see that? I loved when she tells him uh she's like talking about the your mind is full of pipes and is it better to jam a yeah, thought d- in the pipe? <laughs> and then he's like it's actually a really great metaphor for the two lines of philosophy right now and he's like, i was like no no shit. it's not
0: <laughs> <laughs> did you ever see the before we get started did you ever see the between two ferns um movie i feel like you're gonna ask
1: oh the movie no actually it's
0: it i i I watched it the first time i watched it i was like this is like one of the funniest movies ever and then i was i then later i was like well maybe maybe not maybe i just really enjoyed it and that's the review i gave it yeah or something and so i watched it a second time and i was like it's not the funniest movie ever but it is a really funny fucking movie um i'll
1: check it out Zach galifianakis i feel like it was right at the end of zach galifianakis uh era you know what i yeah, mean yeah that's fair like, yeah he, he's out they just, He's really not what he used i to think it's
0: i mean is he still doing baskets
1: i don't even know what that that's is that's
0: a show where i think he's a clown he's a like a clown called baskets it's like it's got a lot of great reviews um between two ferns is just hilarious to me because like the shit that he says is like He's talking about getting like a, a late night TV show to Will Ferrell because Will Ferrell owns Funny or Die and and Will Ferrell plays this like super rich better than you persona. I
1: I actually started some of it. I remember now. I don't know why I didn't finish it. Baskets. I see the beginning of no. Oh well, no! Between I, two ferns. Was, the, the Between movie. two ferns. Oh yeah. Movie, yeah, yeah. But
0: he's like he's like I won a late night talk show because I'm a straight white male and I deserve it. And I
1: was like that's, that's <laughs> incredible, absolutely incredible. Oh, Baskets is over. It looks. like. Oh, is like. it okay? He was gratitude in Big Mouth. Yeah, he was. I'm kind of done with Big Mouth, I think. I don't dude. Do you you like that show? Never watched it. It's funny. The internet discussion of it is horrific. I cannot believe the vitriol people have for that show. I'm like, I don't it's funny, you know, and I think its intentions are pretty good for the most part. Like especially the first couple seasons. I'm like, this is like a legitimately valuable thing for a middle schooler to see. Like they, it would give them a lot of perspective and it's goofy and silly. And I think that's valuable and keep their but, attention. Dude, the people on the internet, I I'm really, Not bad. yeah, they're like, they're like, Oh, they they draw naked kids because Nick Kroll's a pedophile. I was like, whoa, hold on a second. Dude, that's a super common line of commenting. I could find one in an instant. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's
0: the internet. I'm not surprised. Do you see that uh, Velma, the new Velma show, got absolutely fucking
1: yeah i got elbowed, fat man absolutely.
0: little boy and fat man fucking yeah uh, in one of the reviews which it uh, perfectly reasonable because uh, i need to check it out i want to see it i was i'm
1: like this is like a marvel of terror i media. was
0: i was watching some clips from it and it was just like super fucking weird dude it's like because they're all teenagers and there's this like scene where they're in the showers in high school and like they instead of having like a towel over them it's just soap covering their like fucking boobs and shit and like, there's uh. a scene where like two of the girls in the shower fight, and one's like on top of each other. It's very fucking like sexual. Um, and I'm like, dude, they're kids. Like, this is fucking gross. This is disgusting. That's, yeah,
1: there was I there. I kept reading comments about it uh, on Reddit, and I was I asked every time. I'm like, did this happen in the show, or are you making something? Yeah. <laughs> they're like, no, they actually did have cockroaches fucking in the first like thirty. Oh seconds. Yeah, I remember, yeah, I remember. Yeah, I like, saw that. What too. really? uh and there was this one joke i saw where she was like um i tell it how it is like comedians before the me too era yeah and i was like i'm like i can't tell if you're like anti me too in that joke you know what i mean i'm like who i don't get what your joke is yeah you know what i mean let alone it's not even a good joke like no it's not not at all but i'm i couldn't figure out i'm like whose side are you on what is that joke what do you even mean by that I wonder,
0: I wonder who's involved with that show. I think a lot of the
1: creative force is just Mindy Kaling. Oh, really? Yeah.
0: Damn, she really dropped the ball on that one. She dropped the ball. She fucking dropped. I totally forgot that she was the creative force behind that. Oh, my God. I'm looking at the reviews. It's got 7,729 reviews. And if you... The, the staggering... You know how Google has the bars, like, the yellow bars? Oh, yeah, I see Staggering yeah. <laughs> one-star reviews.
1: Yes, one-star. Uh, Do you know who's going first today? I don't. I have no idea. We did the Devils. Mine was long. So you went, went first, first, so yeah. it's my turn. Mine's not going to be super long. I don't think yours is either, right?
0: Uh, Mine's... Let's see. It's like... Same as last, like a little bit over four pages. Or I'm sorry, a little okay. bit over three pages. Yeah, mine's uh, three and a half. Yeah, so. Okay. so
1: Let's get started. Uh, uh, amazingly, uh, Snacks and I, again, picked similar content for a themed episode. Yeah. Which is lit. <laughs> I fucking love when that happens. Um, so mine is, I'm going to be covering the story of infamous money manager, uh, Dana Chiedo, Giacchetto. Nice. Um, probably gonna do a bad Italian accent at some point so I'm just gonna put a trigger warning in for that nice one. nice uh this was kind of a hard one to write up about, so I hope this makes sense uh it's not covered very well um and I'll, I'll get into that more why or why that is more later but it uh I've cobbled together from a Hollywood reporter vanity Fair Vanity Fair's always got sick fucking got the items. heat yeah I, I've become a huge fan of Vanity Fair. You know who had a the most detailed five part write up about this? Who Fox News? Oh my god, really? No shit. They had, dude. They had. Honestly, it was a shit article because it had so much detail, and they would bold it. Like the articles, like name dropping. Like they would bold every famous person's name. And so the article just is five fucking parts, just full of bold and text everywhere. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And like they mentioned tons and tons of names that weren't in any of the other articles. And so it was pretty comprehensive. Um, And I cross-checked it against a lot of stuff. It was legit.
0: After after your story, I'm going to derail our conversation real quick to talk about the reviews that I'm reading on Velma. uh, Because they are spectacular to it's like everyone's reviewing a different movie like they're they're picking oh, a different movie and reviewing it as one star but like it's all uh yeah well I'll talk well
1: I'll read one to you after you're done um They I also tried to use vice but vice sucks ass so yeah was nothing helpful there and there's actually no Wikipedia article about this dude at all even no shit. been a pretty big controversy with it crazy. was such a pain in the ass not having a Wikipedia because I need a starting point and uh, yeah but anyway um, Dana Giacchetto grew up as your usual suburbanite in a tiny town of Massachusetts, overwhelmingly white. Uh, he graduated uh, high school in 1980 and a time that he, co- I think he put this in his yearbook memo, partying, bondage, Coke and whippets. Like he, Fuck yeah, dude because he they mentioned that a few times and he like jokes about it i think he actually put that in it but like that's what how he thinks of high school in <laughs> 1980 cuz there's nothing better than being a white guy in 1985 yeah. you know oh. i mean true <laughs> scott burnham 1985 <laughs> uh so he, this partying set the stage for him to take a full decade to get his bachelor's hell yeah <laughs> dude, <forget> <laughs> <him>. <laughs> <laughs> go at your own pace yeah. no shame i guess 10 years is pretty fucking that, long for that a bachelor. man's a
0: fucking quadruple fucking sextillion super senior right
1: there yeah fucking for real.
0: <laughs> the super senior
1: and that's going to school for 10 years is the surest sign that you got rich parents hell um, yeah Rocked out in some bands, took some fiction workshops, had a gig as a systems analyst. Um, later, he was reporting that he would tell reporters that he was managing large personal portfolios at this time, which, if you aren't new to this season, um, is a lie. It's a lie. He didn't do the thing that he said he of did. Of course. You can see that a lot. Of course. Um, it was around this time after he finished, though, in 1988, that he founded... Cassandra Group, an investment company that he started with a meager loan of two hundred thousand dollars from his own mother. Co- fucking classic. This dude's coasting, dude. Hell yeah! Uh, he named it after the mythological story of the seer who was never believed. The, I think it's Greek because uh, he like sees himself that way. He thinks he's like you know a prophet who's like ignored for his, his genius. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. Of course. Um. Anyway, he meets his talent manager while he's trying to drum up business. And they're like, hey, man, I know a label. Call Sub Pop sometime. And uh, this is the label that owns Nirvana and Soundgarden's Music. Damn. And when Kurt Cobain died, like three years after he talks to this lady, he cold calls Sub Pop. And it was like, it calls their CFO. And he's like, hey, I'll help you broker a deal to sell to Warner Music. And he fucking, like, does. He, like, is pr- very charming, predictably. He manages to wedge himself into this fucking thing. Damn. And he sells 49% of the label for $20 million, which was, like, way more than anybody had expected to get out of this thing. So he, like, really fucking turned this thing around. Um, they, this really put him on the map, and it backed up the incredible reputation he said he had. Uh, f- and a lot of artists, you know, recognize him as someone who can, you know, get him rich. Damn. And... and so, he moves to New York now. He's famous, obviously. Uh, he wants to hang out with the big dogs of where course. the bondage of Whippets, Whippets are. So, he purposefully pursues a friendship with this man named Mark Glimcher, who was a big-time art dealer who ran uh, the Pace Art Gallery, which was the hot shit at the time. Uh, while hanging out with these guys, he also meets and promptly falls in love with an actress named Ann Maguson. If you don't know who that is, it's because you don't remember the blonde mom from Small Soldiers, and that's pretty much the only <laughs> recognizable movie I've ever seen she was in. I love Small uh, Soldiers. I love that movie yeah. as a kid. I watched it so same, much. Obviously, same. uh, I didn't give a fuck about the Gorgonites. Yeah. The fucking soldiers were way yes, cooler. Sir. So cool. Um but uh he was really infatuated with Ann Maguson. He would tell people he was in love. He wanted to move in with her this was the real deal um and she was like it was a short relationship it was mostly phone calls she she denies that there was ever anything serious about it which is you know promising (laughs) Uh, so he uses the connections that he makes with mark to sell modest blue chip stocks to rich artsy douchebags and it was mark who introduced him to an artist agent who hooked him up with a manager who was working for a pre-Titanic Leonardo DiCaprio, so, which is why I use that promo photo. Oh, okay. Uh, um, he, Leo is far and away the biggest star that he's working with in New York. He fucking gets a big-ass apartment set up, where, like a, a penthouse suite. Yeah. And, um, yeah, he'd set it up. He'd throw hella parties and dicaprio actually stayed there for a few months with them and he'd have a lot of different people stay there because he wanted it to be the cool spot and he was trying to like be an approachable money manager you know what i mean so he uh he's a huge fucking name dropper right? like every goddamn interview with this guy he's just like blah, 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 as name, you name, as name.
0: you gotta do you gotta show them that you're better than them and i'm more important and look at all my friends
1: absolutely so he lists uh that's why we're friends yeah. uh he <laughs> li- lists the people who lived there which was toby Maguire, matt damon robert downey jr q-tip janet jackson and the smashing pumpkins along with fuckloads loads more Jesus. But, and that's legit he had he had uh pictures polaroids of all of these hangouts with these people and i was like he had so many. I was like, you're annoying. Yeah. You're annoying. You are that guy and that's like, like, you took that many pictures at the party. You're a piece of shit. I you're just you, Yeah. You are the guy that's
0: like, I need to take pictures so I can show yeah. these to people, not to preserve a memory. Way
1: too many pictures to be taken at a party. Yeah. Uh, the parties were real too. Uh, f- supposedly full on orgies that he's not shy about at all. And a lot of people do, re- uh, repute that he do be having a lot of sex <laughs> in that place. All right. Um, he had fucking, you know, $300 champagnes. He'd have a bunch of $5,000 escorts show up, rockers, models, party. And he also had um, matching cockatoos with Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio, what? which is that was the cockatoo in the picture is Leo's cockatoo <laughs> in his house. Um, I also don't know if this is a true story because he said it, but he said that he had a fight with Leo because Leo wanted to get a role in American Psycho. And he wanted to be American Psycho yeah. instead of Christian Bale. Horrible no. fucking choice. That yeah. would have been a nightmare. No. You need beefcake Christian dude, Bale. Yeah. The fucking. There's no one else who could have done it. Um, but uh, he had really didn't want Leo to be in it because he's like, you're not about this stuff. I was like, whatever, dude. It's a movie, <laughs> yeah, idiot. Fuck off. Um, but that movie was actually kind of a big controversy when it came out. Uh, Christian Bale's stepmom. Or yeah, stepmom led a huge protest against the movie when it came when it was when the news was coming out that it was being adapted. And she became a stepmom later, but uh, okay. uh, yeah, yeah, it was just like he was in that movie and she was like full on leading a, a crusade against it. Yeah, Jesus. it was because the movie was like obviously ultra violent. Yeah, 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 and that's what the basis of the protests were. But that's kind of what the point of the book is: is that those dudes consume women and don't care about them. Um, but anyway, by 1998, he is controlling over 100 million in assets, and he starts a second partnership uh, worth another 100 million with Chase Manhattan, a bank. As his compliance lawyer, he hires Chris fucking Cuomo. Real story. Really? I was like, this dude it ran into yeah, crazy. fucking everybody. Fucking name. Chris Cuomo? Jesus. That's crazy. Uh, Chris Cuomo is now, if you know, disgraced because he ran a bunch of fucking uh, cover on cnn for his shit-ass brother while he was mayor nice and he, what's what's the cuomo mayor what's his first name who other andrew cuomo that's his yeah cuomo. yeah yeah um chris cuomo was on cnn andrew cuomo was the shit-ass uh but anyway so in 1999 hires this guy that a lot of people knew this booker of the like musician, like our art, artist yeah. booker, you know, named Jay Maloney, who had been in and out of rehab to be the president of Paradise Music and Entertainment. Um, the company actually never get, got off the ground and it ended with Maloney's suicide, something that the mother of Maloney blames on keto for, quote, giving him all that money, even though it was, I, and I was confused a little bit about this, but like dana seems genuinely upset to hear this in an interview and he was like it was his money yeah it was his money like it was maloney's money in an investment account i think what had happened was that he invested with guillacato and was like okay i want this money to start this thing and you know dana gives it to him because it's his yeah and he was even like i would go to jail if i just didn't give him his money um and but yeah it doesn't go anywhere and this really runs into trouble because after Jay commits suicide, pretty much every celebrity co- client withdraws. They're like, Damn. this whole thing's kind of fucked. Yeah. Uh, and God. it was, like, pretty well known um, that he had those issues, too. So mm. I, I think a lot of people were like, oh, I don't know. And then yeah. it happened. Like, it's over. So his Chase partnership, um, his Chase Manhattan partnership started to run into some trouble. Oh, I, I didn't mention he actually, he goes, I flew out every week to see Maloney in rehab with Uma Thurman. I was like, come <laughs> on, dude. You fuck.
0: Anytime you can squeeze <laughs> in a name drop,
1: you got to do it. He's like, I mean, you know, my best friend, Uma
0: Yeah. yeah. Like,
1: I know who it is. Yes, Maybe you've heard of her. Maybe. She's did a small uh,
0: indie film called Pulp Fiction.
1: <laughs> uh, so his Chase Manhattan partnership starts to run into tr- some trouble. He likes to advertise and think of himself as this cool, pan, drug-using punk rock guy in these corporate suits with the culture (laughs) just don't vibe right. But actually, it was the opposite way around. He was apparently a super conservative investor who was so punk rock that he loved Warren fucking Buffett. Oh, dude. Warren Buffett's super punk rock. What are you talking about? Oh, the most punk rock billionaire and 90-year-old white man from Nebraska Mm -hmm. in the world. And uh, he was... Um, not willing to invest in tech companies like internet companies at the time to make the big bucks. Idiot. And the venture capitalists at Chase Manhattan were like, bro, that's where the fucking money yeah. is. Don't be a puss. Uh, and he had actually missed an opportunity to invest in the ground floor of a massive digital media company that's worth like billions now. And uh, not one that you would know because oh, they've okay. been bought, repackaged, bought, sold, okay. split, repackaged. I was
0: like, you're not, not going to say the name? No, yeah. <laughs> I, nobody <laughs> know the name.
1: Um, so... This dude, I didn't want to get into this too much, but this dude was such a whole hound. It showed up in every fucking article about him. He was paying hot dudes hot ladies, what the fuck ever. One friend said in an interview he had no sexual preference. The man's just wanted some dude, fuck. Yeah, hit dude. Fuck it. Dude. <laughs> anything was, that walks, brother. He's like, slipping, slip yeah. out, I don't even know <laughs> <Yeah>. I'm there. <laughs> um, but now with, you know... The, also, whole
0: uh, hound, that's a good... I like that, that I, good. I came up with that It's good, this.
1: yeah. <laughs> I was like, I never heard that before. <laughs> um, so, the with the suicide ending paradise music and the chief Manhattan partnership getting on to a rocky start, the facade is starting to crack. Now he has a client leave that is not identified in any of the stories. And he publicly publicly languished them at a movie premiere about leaving. And they were mad or they were baffled. The person that left, because they were like, "Why would you be mad? You just signed a confession and a dispute with the band Fish <laughs> that that you didn't have their money, and they ended up seizing a bunch of fucking art from your loft, Damn. which is true. They did do that, and so like he's already getting into something weird, yeah. A and also, with the Band Fish, dude, I love how many '90s icons I this know. guy was hanging out was like, with. What's fucking, up, dude? Yeah, dude, Leo or Leo Uma and fucking um, uh." fish like that's about yeah talk about just surrounding
0: surrounding yourself with fucking
1: smashing pumpkins um, too He had 90s on lock plus he sold some of nirvana holy shit
0: he's got dude he's Um, gotta fucking make sure he has enough names to keep in his pocket for
1: name dropping yeah absolutely that's a critical part so, um, they have that dispute. It's a whole thing, but he goes right after the papers, right after he fucking gets his art seized by the band Fish, which is the most amazing it's sentence Hilarious, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, he goes to the papers and was like, oh, no, didn't do anything wrong. Nothing, nothing happened. Don't worry about it. Says, dude, band sees my art all the time. Yeah, dude, uh, it's super cash. Fun prank that like they play on Pumpkins just came and took a fucking Monet from yeah. me last week. Fun art pranks, uh, dude. Art pranks. That's say. <laughs> In the spring of 1999, he hires a smart, Yale-educated lawyer, not an ass-kisser. And they, they do a little sniffing, and they're like, hey, man, I think this place could use an internal audit. And that's weird because they got a $100, $100,000 bonus and were fired, and they brought in a friend of Dana's instead. Oh, Because okay. that guy was asking uh, concerning questions. That tracks.
0: That tracks. Uh,
1: Are you're the doing, guy's you're like, doing your job? Get the fuck out of my office. They're like, here's a hundred thousand dollars to never talk to anyone. Yeah. Uh So then, uh, yeah, gets replaced by a friend of Dana's, and now we're at the end of the Roaring Nineties, and his investments start to pull him poorly. He's still partying, banging cool famous people, nice, and he just doesn't find a great moment to break the news that he's doing terribly. To them. Uh, like, he doesn't know how to tell him that. I'm sorry, your money's going away. So he ponzies them. Fuck yeah! Boom. I swear Boom. It. I mean, you just gets new clients, feeds the new client money straight to the old fucking clients. That's the way to do it, Genius. man. Genius. Uh,
0: nobody, nobody got rich quick by being honest with investors and uh, and no. telling them their money's leaving.
1: And it's also around this time that he is being actively audited by the SEC. And they, he decides to steal $450,000 from a magazine founder he's a to mad cover man. more of his loss. They if, never Living stop. life on the edge. Never stops. It's really crazy that when it gets the most serious is when they feel the need to double down. Double down hardest. and
0: keep going. Yeah. Like um,
1: nothing ever shakes it out of them. yeah Ka- Kaiser... Know. Is the only one to get out of it because it just faded away. Yeah, he's like, you know, he's like, all right, fuck. Yeah, and
0: he he didn't keep trying to fucking hold on to it. He
1: was like, it's being like a fifty-year-old soccer player. That'd be Mm -hmm. so fucking funny. He's like, I'm so good. I swear, I'm the best. Tom Brady, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That dude actually real retired this time now. I, I don't believe it. I mean, we'll see, but he did say that he. Oh, I think they sucked ass this season, so he, he did re- the classic yeah. end on the worst season. Yeah, possible. there you go. He
0: retired like, like four Brett times. Bars. He was like, he was like, all right, I'm retiring, and then he came back. Here and retires he retires like, like a
1: rapper. Yeah, <laughs> no Rapper's shit. They were going to retire all, all the time. time, and
0: it is like I've, I've, I've come to the conclusion that spending time with my wife and kids is literally the worst thing I've ever done. So I'm going to go back yep. to playing football.
1: I'm just going to go tank that whole thing. Yeah. To the ground. <laughs> Um, so, uh, he steals from that magazine founder who had been a client of his for eight fucking years. And they'd actually like made money off of him for a while until they just, he just raids their accounts. Then he steals another 200,000 from a couple different magazine editors. I don't know why they were all magazine people, a weird coincidence. He might, I don't know.
0: Maybe he he got one and was like, these people are stupid and fucking true. yeah. Yeah.
1: And then he wires all of that money to Amex to cover debts. So he gets arrested on April twelfth, two thousand, the year two thousand, with four thousand uh, dollars in tens and fives, a fake passport, and eighty first class tickets in his pocket. Four thousand.
0: Uh, hold on. Four thousand dollars
1: uh, and fives in fives, and tens. tens, and fives. How did that happen? <laughs> He's like, this was actually my strip or my stripper role. Yeah, so. yeah. I like I I just imagine to
0: going to the bank and being like, I need four grand tens and fives only, and there's like. like no. No, yeah, and you said <laughs> no. you said eighty first class tickets.
1: Yeah, I don't know what that was about. For what? I, I, I maybe he was gonna hawk them. Yeah, maybe I, that's yeah. true. He
0: could do that, or maybe he had eighty flights planned. Is like always maybe, be moving, yeah. don't stop.
1: His parents uh, show up at his arraignment, and they put their house up to bond him out. When it's also publicly revealed that his brother just got out of prison for arson and uh, was struggling with a serious heroin habit, I was like, I don't know. I don't think it's a
0: habit. That's like I don't
1: think anyone's got a heroin habit. That's my be, yeah, that's being like you're oh being oh addicted to heroin. Yeah, you're
0: like oh Jim. Yeah, he's got uh he's big hobbyist. You know his hobby is heroin. Uh, he's a heroin Heroine, hobbyist.
1: Yeah. He's so good at heroin. Yeah, <laughs> uh- <laughs> man's Dana- a heroin
0: artiste.
1: So despite the fact that his you know, brother is sick and his family's putting up their house, he fucking skips bail.
0: Dude, what yeah. a cock.
1: Luckily, the DA let the family keep their house. Oh, that was That's a, awesome. a shocking yeah. moment of fucking yeah, of kindness yeah. from this system. Yeah. <laughs> he had stolen nearly $20 million fucking dollars from his clients to cover losses. If you interview him, he says it was $5 million, or fifty. if he wants to sound cool. He's okay. all over the place yeah. with that shit. Shocker, the $400 million that he said he was managing was actually almost exactly $100 million, which isn't nothing, but you know, Still, he was yeah, lying. yeah, yeah, He's always lying. Yeah, fluffed them, those uh, numbers. This promptly led to Chase Manhattan cutting their relationship with him, obviously. Uh, one client alleged that he had taken the Chase Manhattan deal in an attempt to funnel that money into his Cassandra projects. Um, and interestingly, that same anonymous client said it was Chase. Who was too conservative? Which I was like, now I don't know what the fuck yeah, that yeah. story was. I, who knows? Um, he had actually tried to get them to invest in Paradise Music, but they wouldn't go for it. And I was like, if that's what they think is conservative, I think they're wrong yeah. because they were probably <laughs> just making the right decision. Yeah, on a that good one. D- a good financial decision. <laughs> And the paradise was actually a big part of his downfall. He invested his own clients' money into it. Sometimes even buying in twice at a higher price. Like he bought, you know, thousands of shares at a dollar, and then thousands at four dollars. Um and then they lost the money. Of course. He'd actually taken $500,000 from Leo's manager to invest in this but he never put the money in. He just oh. used it to cover his losses. There we go. He did the same thing with money from Courtney Cox, Ben Stiller, Toby Maguire and Lauren Hawley. Damn. Look at Courtney Cox, bro. Jeez. Hang on Courtney uh, he also had some really weird investments, like this one satellite phone company that he was sure was going to take over the world. And when it folded, he lost ninety percent of in- invested clients. Yeah, money. man, those satellite phones—they
0: were—they were oh all yeah, huge.
1: Yeah, uh, he invested in a tiny pop culture magazine that had showcased him the previous summer. Total coincidence. Yeah. And uh, he also just didn't tell people about how or why that he did that. He just did. Uh, and then he also, this one got me. He strongly believed in AOL's position as a future premier brand, so he <laughs> invested heavily in AOL. Oh my god, dude! Talk about. <laughs> I was like, oh, savant. Yeah, I was saying it's always the people
0: that are like really fool themselves about how good at, at, at financial decisions they are that invest in the worst shit ever.
1: Yeah, the worst.
0: Because he invested dude, in
1: Netflix or he invested in a blockbuster after they declined. Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> like it's
0: like, how do you, why would you think that AOL and their discs
1: of internet would fucking take over? No the imagination. Future? He yeah. doesn't know anything yeah. about it. Yeah. yeah. He actually lost a shitload of Leo's money on AOL specifically, which is Damn. just fucking hilarious. Leo's like, Fuck yeah. AOL. <laughs> Still, <laughs> Leo actually um, killed actually,
0: AOL. He's the reason that <laughs> it's not alive anymore.
1: Um, Pretty much every Hollywood celebrity that um, Dana knew went quiet on him. Uh, He would say he was still friends with everybody, but they had to meet off the record and in secret because they were embarrassed. I was was like, I don't think they're hanging out. Yeah, no, I don't. Absolutely
0: not. I was going to make a joke. I was going to make a joke about AOL kill. I'm sorry, Leo, Leo killing AOL. Um, I was apparently, you know, AOL turned 25 and he was like, all right, I'm not, invest- I'm not <laughs> investing in you anymore. I'm done
1: with you. Yeah. This. I'm done with you. You actually discuss. Yeah. <laughs> You're old. Uh, so, uh, his, let's see, what was it? Oh yeah. So I don't think they were hanging out with him cause he robbed him, And, and yeah. he thinks that part of the narrative is he didn't do anything wrong. He just got arrested before he could fix the positions and so he thinks he didn't do anything wrong and so it's believable that people would still be friends with him because he just got fucked by the law even though he didn't do anything wrong i was like dude whatever
0: yeah Um, i got arrested for arson but i really didn't do anything wrong because they arrested me before i could put the fire that i started out
1: yeah yeah no literally basically yeah um, his reputation as a name dropper did not do him any favors. There was this famous New York Times cover story of this tangentially related guy who started a music label that he wanted to be friends with, something like Ovitz. And Dana was in it, like shouting for a non-existent secretary to like get me Leo. Like, yeah, and just t- t- saying that in front of the camera. It's like, <laughs> whatever, man. Stop. They're like, we're the only ones in the They're room. Like, what are you talking yeah, who about? Who are you yelling? I at? haven't seen your assistant once. <laughs> Um, one manager reported taking their money out because they saw how much he was traveling to be around celebrities. And they saw him like at the clubs at four 30 in the morning. And they're like, how the fuck are you paying attention to the markets? If you're fucking out at the clubs at five, bro. Um, so essentially he just got so wrapped up in pounding and snorting that he just stopped doing his fucking job. And they got sloppy as fuck trying to clean it up. And it wasn't just, uh, celebrities that he fucked over. They did have a story about a, a single mother, who had inherited $500,000 from a, a family member who died. They hired him to manage it, and he squandered it all in Paradise trees, which man. I was like, that fucking sucks. I, a- I don't care if Leo loses money. I love Leo, but I'm, and he's gross. But I'm like, whatever. The dude's got more money than God. He's yeah, fine. yeah, yeah. He's fine. He could can, he can lose fucking $500,000 every year and not even blink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Off. Not even notice it. Um, But he fucked over this, just a woman. And like, that's awful. That's that awful. is shitty. He was sentenced to fifty-seven months in prison. He got out in about thirty-six months in two thousand and three, uh, and not much was really heard about him for a while until fucking two thousand and thirteen, when Wolf of Wall Street comes out and he starts blabbing his fat mouth that Leo based it all off him. Well, like, oh my god, what? dude, you're not Jordan Belfort. Yeah, what that you person t- exists. That's so funny. He's yeah,
0: that's so funny. He's like Leo based it all off me, and it's like not the guy that literally. <laughs> They, in the Yeah, it's in the movie. Yeah, he's, in the in movie. he's in it. And it's quite
1: literally based off his life. His name. And it's funny because he's like, yeah, it's basically based off me. Although I had like 10 times of drugs and fucking Dude, that Leo bullshit. Did in that movie. So. <laughs> uh, I was like, oh my God, okay, you're like buddy. a fucking fourth grader. He also said that he had more than five billion dollars at the time, not one hundred million. Line-ass but bitch. he was keeping quiet because he didn't want the government to know. I'm uh, like of course. You were, the SEC was up your yeah. ass, bro. They knew what are you talking you were about? Yeah. Yeah, um, he also, also you can't yeah, have
0: you can't have five billion dollars and the government
1: not know about it. No. Doesn't work no. like that. Yeah. Um, he insists that he did nothing wrong. He's just arrested before he could fix everything. He does claim to be apologetic, but no one has ever actually gotten a fucking apology from him for, because he was saying you did nothing <laughs> wrong, so why the fuck would he apologize? Yeah, for doing nothing wrong. Then, uh, around this time, he gets federal indictment for $10,000 charge on someone else's credit card, which he denies, gets two years probation anyway. That whole story, no one covers it. No one seemed to give a shit. I don't really know what the deal was. You know, he was like, I don't know. I think basically he was pre- like probably running shit up on his own money like yeah. for himself and was maybe given that card to do business or something. But he got two years of probation. Otherwise, tried to live a normal life. But at 53 years old, he was found dead after a hard night of partying only a week after a hospital admission for a previous overdose. Nice. And that is that the would- sad ending to Dana Giacchetto's story. And I was like, That'll I don't it. know, dude. He partied hard and flew into the sun, you know, the shooting star by bad company. I was like, and, and, you know, kind of just a piece of shit. I don't really think they're going to do a Netflix series about this guy. There's not too much to his crime. You know, I just like the story and like who he was hanging out with and he he exhibits, all the con man features, all the the bullshitting and wheeling and dealing, you know, and exaggerating and the
0: name dropping and shit like that. The name Um, dropping. Yeah. Yeah. Like Jesus Christ,
1: flew too close to the sun. A tale as old as time. And he also probably didn't pay back any of his victims very much because that doesn't. Nobody seems to ever be able to acknowledge that. I couldn't find any discussion that, of it. That tracks.
0: That's not surprising yeah. in the slightest.
1: Um. So tell them how our themes are related. Uh. So
0: also the review that I said. Um. Oh yeah. It's all one star reviews of people reviewing different movies like this person says for the very first time uh, the, for the very first time I've watched a silent movie that to a horror theme one literally one of the finest movies and masterpieces which will remain forever in the minds of whoever watches them. I still can't believe that the horror movie can be a silent one. And then another person is like, I would rate How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World, as being one of the best animated features to hit theaters since the first and second installments. So what are
1: they, I don't, they're just review It's like bombing. a joke,
0: it's it's like, uh, they're one starring it, but like, well, they're writing like, good reviews for like, uh for like, completely different movies.
1: Uh, you know, if you if you see it, if you fucking see it, review it. But I think if you're just wasting your life to yeah. go out of your way to fucking review on something you never even saw, I'm like, dude, you're just fighting a culture war. Yeah, Who cares? Yeah. What? A, just Fair. find something else to do. That's why IMDb kind of sucks ass, anyway.
0: True, very true. Um, I don't. Yeah, I don't ever pay. I don't really ever pay attention to IMDb reviews. I don't think I've ever actually went nah. and read them, to be honest. Except for no, like, that read them. Sense. Absolutely yeah, not. Fuck no. Um so our story is related because uh we we have brains that are on the same wavelength and I'm also covering someone who was uh in the entertainment industry a man by the name of Lou Pearlman. Uh so uh, I got a lot of information from the documentary The Boy Band Con very informative. It was created, you know, created by Lance Bass. High, 10 out of 10 uh highly recommend. So uh, so Lou Pearlman um, is born June nineteenth, nineteen fifty four, in fucking good old New York, New York City baby. Uh, he was the only ch- he was an only child. His dad, High Pearlman, ran a dry cleaning business, and his mother, uh, Rini Pearlman, was a school lunchroom aide. So you can imagine. They probably weren't like super wealthy, like granted this was the 50s and 60s where you can survive off minimum wage. Just have wage. a good uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. a regular you buy a job,
1: house, go yeah. to college.
0: Um so, but I mean his dad did also run a dry cleaning business, so I suppose he could bring in like a decent yeah. income, but a good also, American
1: white man in business for himself, Yeah, making yeah. boatloads of money. Uh, that was when the corporate tax rate was at like seventy percent.
0: Yeah, so I also was curious, I was like, I wonder if his dad ever like did dry cleaning for like mafia people. Cause I, I guess I didn't put it in the beginning, but he he's from a Jewish family. Um so I was wondering so, I was like, Well I wonder what the overlap between Jewish communities in New York City and Italian crime families, and like that were operating there. There's a the lot time. of
1: Jewish Italian. People.
0: Yeah, so yeah. Um, like I looked it up, and one of the biggest American crime bosses was, was Arnold Rothstein, who was a Jewish man in New York City, and he mentored a lot of the most like well-known crime bosses in history. And fun fact: Arnold Rothstein was the inspiration behind the character Jay Gatsby in The Great Gatsby. Uh, which Nate. is crazy, yeah. Um, is I, neat. I I read that. I was like, "Holy shit, I didn't know that." Uh, um, facts, yeah, fun facts. So, growing up, Lou was trying to figure out how in the cinnamon toast fuck is he going to make a lot of money super fast. He didn't know what he wanted to do. He had no clue. Just knew that he wanted to make a ton of money. So it turns out. Uh, Lou's first cousin is actually Art Garfunkel, half of the duo of Simon and Garfunkel. So Lou sees the success of his cousin and is like, oh shit, okay, I want to get into the music business. So as a teenager, he manages a band for a while, couldn't find out who the band was, but he was trying to make a name for himself and climb through the ranks of the music industry ladder, but it turned out to be a lot harder than he fucking imagined. So after doing this for a while, he was like, all right, fuck it, I'm never going to get anywhere in this field, uh, so I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm not making money fast enough, and the success isn't coming at the rate I want to, so let me find something else. He stops managing this band and turns his attention towards aviation, which seems like a weird pivot, but apparently...
1: Yes. Yeah,
0: apparently growing up, his parents lived across from Flushing Airport, and him and his, one of his friends would always watch big ol' Uh, blimps take off and land and ever since then he's just oh, always sick yeah he's just always had a fascination <laughs> too bad that wasn't a big industry yeah, right? in the his blimp industry, yeah. <laughs> so growing up um sorry no uh so lou starts attending queen's college when he gets out of high school from and now from what i can see Queens College isn't, like, a terrible school. They're not exactly fucking Harvard, um, but they're not bad. According to Google, they rank, like, 58 in the 2022-2023 edition of Best Colleges. They got, like, a 61% acceptance rate and a 59% graduation rate. And just for funsies, I looked up Harvard stats, and good fucking golly. They have an acceptance rate of 4% and the graduation rate of 98%. Uh, wow. Which is crazy, dude. I mean, that's if, crazy. If you've got a 4% acceptance rate, I would imagine people aren't going to squander their chance at Harvard. You know what
1: I'm saying? Um, a State has 99% acceptance and 63% graduation. Jesus Christ, dude. <laughs> Come on in.
0: <laughs> Anybody, we'll take them. If they got a pulse, get them in here. Uh, I don't
1: even give a shit if you finish it. <laughs> yeah. So
0: the average cost. Uh, after financial aid at Harvard was like fourteen thousand dollars compared to Queens University, which was three thousand um, dollars. Oh, okay. So, anywho, while he's in college, uh, while he's in college for a class project, he writes a business plan based on the idea of a helicopter taxi service in New York City, which kind of makes sense. New York City's got enough rich people that. Dude, it I've could heard warrant the helicopter such thing.
1: taxi thing like a hundred times. It is—it's not an, an original ancient. idea. Not no, original dude, idea. everyone's like, you know, what yeah. would be better than driving, flying, yeah, flying. Like, yeah, dude. it would be, of course. Sure.
0: Um, so by the late seventies, he's launched this business. Uh, he's launched a business kind of based on this plan. Um, he smooth talks his way with a German business uh, businessman, Theodore woolen Kemper to train him on blimps and uh, like teach him about hit that and like aviation and stuff like that. Uh, not like to train while on top of a blimp. That would be irresponsible. Uh, yeah. So he spends time in West Germany on this dude's like property and shit learning about airships. So once he gets back to the U S is when he starts to take a ride on the old shady side. So he forms a company called airship enterprise and under this company, he leases a blimp to the clothing company called uh, Jordashi. I think they're a jean company. Um, he only The only problem with this is Is this that
1: Perlman who's doing
0: this? Yeah. Yeah. Trust me, I know. Okay.
1: So... <laughs> So the, the fuck? yeah no blimps are going to be in the story. Yeah. So the only that problem, promo picture I use is going to be hella. easy. Yeah. <laughs>
0: so the only problem is that Pearlman was a fucking big stinky liar, and he didn't actually own a blimp at the time. He used the funds from the deal oh. to construct a um to construct a blimp of his own, which wasn't very good at its job and immediately crashed so uh classic yeah blimp cla- behavior, dude, classic honestly, blimp behavior blimp ew. shenanigans
1: god yeah
0: so they sue the shit out of each other and almost like a decade later somehow pearlman is awarded 2.5 million in damages i don't know why he I could- gets yeah that's what i was th- saying too I don't he's like know. you guys built my blimp yeah shit yeah <laughs> the money made it bad um so so let's see uh, buh, 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 where was it? They sue each other two for Yeah. So now that after this, uh, so our, after this, Pearlman starts a new business, this one called Airship International, and he takes the company public and raises three million dollars uh, needed to purchase to purchase a blimp instead of make his own. Uh, it might have uh, it might have done well. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. It it. People speculated did so well, like the company going public and getting a lot of money because um, he falsely claimed that his old German friend from before was a business partner in this whole endeavor, which he wasn't. Uh, Um, So anyways, but this this company purchasing these blimps or whatever and, and name dropping, it lands him a deal with McDonald's and they start using his blimp for advertising so Lou decides to pick up his business and move it to the old wild west of the United States and settles in Orlando, Florida, where in July of 1991 he picks up a MetLife uh, uh, advertising contract with MetLife and SeaWorld. Boo, SeaWorld, boo hiss. Fuck you, SeaWorld. Yeah, fuck you. It's, it's uh, you. Yeah. So Everything seemed to be going well. Uh, that is until one of his clients ended their deal with him, and three of his fucking blimps crashed. Classic blimp shenanigans, and uh, the company's stock dropped from six dollars a share to three cents, and the company was shut down. Sometimes after, sometime after this whole endeavor, he creates Transcontinental Airlines, and later makes a parent. God. He later makes a parent company called Transcontinental Entertainment. Now. So, Holy shit,
1: this guy had his finger in a lot of everything, pies. Everything,
0: dude. So, you know, nothing shady about, you know, Airship International or whatever the company when the stock dropped, uh except the fact that Lou was good friends with a man named Jerome Rosen who was a partner in a small cap trading firm and, and was always in trouble with regulators. And Lou allegedly paid his old friend Jerome to pump and dump the company stock. He giving this man handsome commission somewhere in the tens of thousands of dollars per trade. So, so good old, you know, classic white people, stock market crimes. So through his aviation business, Lou is apparently leasing jets to like big bands and like big groups, uh, in the music business. And at some point he's invited to attend a new kids on the block concert. And he is absolutely fucking enamored with what he sees. The thousands upon thousands of people there paying money to see new kids on the block, uh, block buying their merch, you know, the glitz, the glam, it got him fucking rock hard. So, yeah, so he's like... <laughs> he's
1: like boy band. Yeah,
0: Jesus, this is where it is. So he's like, holy shit, I gotta get on with this, and he forms Transcontinental Records. And he's like, alright, I need to get a boy band together, so... Like assembling the fucking Avengers, he creates and record. Uh, he creates and records. Um, I'm sorry,
1: what the fuck did I say here? Uh, you did warn me this might happen. Yeah,
0: I did. So uh, sorry, I, I said he creates and records first band. I, what the fuck am I even saying? Uh, so. Like assembling the Avengers, he creates uh, he creates the Backstreet Boys. Uh, they did okay. They had some hits and then kind of fizzled out pretty quickly. Obviously, I'm fucking joking. They are one of the most influential boy bands of all time. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He gets former manager of New Kids on the Block to manage these five unknown dudes, and the shit just popped off. The Backstreet Boys took the world by storm. They had gold, platinum, diamond sell- records and they were international no sensations. Yeah. So Lou, Lou Boy is like, "Fuck yeah, I turned these five unknown dudes into the most known boy band of all time. Let's see what else like, I can Yeah, say.
1: though. I mean, yeah, honestly, yeah. Like, except for like the Beatles, yeah. you know, so, <laughs> they're not even a boy band. Right, like, yeah.
0: I mean, like granted he's a fucking con man, but like what he did, he he turned them kids cool. into fucking international sensations. So he's like, "Let me see what else I can do." And he starts a talent search. And the talent search that found the Backstreet Boys cost three million dollars. So he starts another Dang. talent search. Yeah, dude. It, yeah, I mean, it they a lot got of money. his
1: money's worth. Yeah, so. yeah, he did.
0: No, I'm fucking tenfold. So Lou, uh, oh, Johnny Wright, who was the former manager of New Kids <sighs> on the Block, I mentioned above, and Johnny looking at the Backstreet Boys numbers
1: right now, and they're just stunning yeah 90s numbers for music insane. albums are crazy insane fucking uh, crazy 24 million copies of yep. the third album oh my god dude it's <laughs> fucking
0: baffling and like
1: Whoa. in the documentary they did seven consecutive albums that went to the top 10
0: in the documentary uh sorry there uh, uh there's a gal who's talking about it and she's like you know She's like the numbers they were doing were unfathomable, and she's like, you can't even fathom that today because we don't buy records no. like we used to. It just doesn't no. happen. So
1: yeah, it's really, insane. the only ones, yeah, like you, especially if you look up like Eminem's old numbers. Yeah, the shit that he was pushing was just fucking bonkers.
0: Um, so he's like, all right, let's see what else I can dip my toes into. So him, uh, the Backstreet Boys manager and the manager's wife, they start searching for the next project. And that's where fucking Lou Pearlman strikes gold twice with In Sync, um, which is insane. It fuck, dude. I insane. I would feel untouchable <laughs> if I found it. In uh, yeah. Sync and Backstreet Boys.
1: Have you seen Atlanta?
0: Yes, all of it. Uh, I don't think. Uh, w- weren't there new seasons?
1: There's four seasons in total.
0: I think I've seen all Season four. Season
1: three, there was like a lot of the. Uh, episodes that weren't related to the story you know what i mean yeah yeah yeah. and then season four he kind of goes back to it i was asking because there's that part where alfred goes and meets the this like little white rapper that he's gonna put up and then he finds out about this group of old black rappers who meet about financial success every week and they're basically they're like you need to find yourself a young white artist. <laughs> and, uh, then I was like, Lou fucking yeah, nailed, nailed it. it. Nailed
0: <gasps> it. So he strikes, like I said, he strikes gold twice with Sync*, and he uses the tried and true, uh, ble- uh, backstreet boys method. Bada bing, bada boom. They're another international sensation. Uh, so old Lou is now one of the biggest music moguls of our time. He thinks that fucking pretty much everything he touches ter- will turn to gold. And he goes all in. Fair um, enough. So- and then he
1: starts the wiggles. Yeah. The-, <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate boy band. So
0: he he has created, he created like a plethora of groups. Uh, I'm going to name them off. Now, he didn't create, he created these after Backstreet Boys, but it's not in sync, but it's not like he. He's like, all right, in sync, got it. Now let's go start this other one. This, this was just through the span of his career with, like, the breakup of Back... When he left, you know, was cut out of Backstreet Boys, whatever. But in Lou's lifetime, he created the groups, manly boy bands, uh, like LFO, Take 5, uh, Natural, Marshall Dillon, US5. He also started girl groups such as Solid Harmony and Innocence. And he also had Aaron Carter, Rest in Peace,
1: uh, he was Aaron Carter? He had yeah, he managed Aaron Carter. Oh man. Uh, Jordan That's Knight. That's insane. Dude, yeah. Jordan this Knight. This guy really had an eye for young boys. No, <laughs> it, interesting
0: you would say such a thing.
1: Oh yeah. Uh, Jordan Knight, yeah. Smiles and
0: Southstar and C-Note all signed to Transcontinental Records. Um he, you know, he was the biggest name in the music industry at the time. Uh he also so like like I said, um those bands like LFO, Take 5, and stuff like that, those happened after he and Backstreet Boys and NSYNC had a falling out. So once he was no longer involved with them, he went in to start those. Uh, and they were never really as popular as Backstreet Boys and NSYNC, but only because the the age of boy bands had died out um, and people just really weren't into it anymore. Like I think LFO has that song where it's like, I like girls who wear Abercrombie and Fitch. Uh, that was one of their songs, and it was very popular. Oh. But it just wasn't as good, it, you know. The times have passed. wasn't yeah. you know it was no Backstreet Boys or in sync. But anyways, so basically, um, there are a plethora of scams this man was involved in, uh, from fucking over these two biggest boy bands of all times to running America's longest pon- uh, longest running Ponzi scheme. Uh, those are the only two we're going to talk about. But he was in a fucking tons of other scams uh, How is he, and cons.
1: Teflon Don. How did he not get arrested? I don't what know. The fuck?
0: Have no clue. So, um... where was wait? Is it
1: Nick Carter related to Aaron Carter? Yeah,
0: Nick Carter is Aaron Carter's uh, older brother. Man, um, that's sad. Yeah, imagine be the less famous Carter. That's Dude, ruthless. Super sad. Um. I mean, Aaron Carter had his had his like fifteen minutes of fame. Uh, he had that song "I Want Candy" that was a banger, man. Yeah, everyone. Loved I mean, a song. banger, but uh, untouchable. But then he got older, and you know, fucking struggled with addiction, like, kind and of a like shit. That. Yeah, yeah became yeah. Um, so basically a lot of a lot of cons and scams this man is running uh, but we're only going to talk about his pot you scared the fuck out of me oh my god um, <sighs> do what oh the how house- yeah the aaron carter also has this house party song um and soup has one cd in her car and it's a now like 25 cd <laughs> <laughs> It's now six. Never mind. It's now six. But yeah, it's oh yeah. wow. That's like
1: a it's an a, icon a relic. Right yeah,
0: it's one a, of the original that,
1: ten. Now the
0: house party song is a banger, though. I'll be honest, it hits. It do be hitting. Also, um,
1: didn't they do that song, Shack? Uh, what the house party song or just another? No, song No, that's how Shaq. I beat Shack. Oh like yeah, 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 yeah. that's untouchable. I mean, that, that is song's true. Incredible.
0: Um. So. Like I said, we're only going to talk about the boy bands and the Ponzi schemes. So, Lou forms these two bands, and basically, fucking, it was ran it like it was boy band boot camp. Um, so he has all these kids quit their jobs. He moves them in all into a house, basically a fucking '90s creator house, uh, like hype house or whatever. Uh, yeah, yeah. But funny enough, so it's a '90s creator house. It's like hype house, but not completely fucking stupid uh because hype house is dumb uh so he makes these kids practice in unconditional airplane hangers for like six to eight hours a day which is wild uh
1: practice
0: what like choreography dancing singing you can't afford a
1: fucking air-conditioned studio apparently
0: not bro like
1: i got a lot of hangers he had transcontinental
0: (laughs) he had transcontinental airlines yeah yeah (laughs) So one thing was very weird. He'd also like inspect their abs, which so a member of LFO did go, I believe, on Howard Stern and talk about sexual abuse allegations um, against Ron. Or I'm I'm sorry, against Lou. Uh, Not Ron Pearl. Yeah, not Ron. No, not Ron. We love Ron (laughs) Pearl. Uh, yeah. against Lou and another member of the one of the girl groups that he had started, uh, talked about, um, how she would like go over to they because they would all hang out at his house because he had this huge like Disneyland esque house. Uh, and she would go into Tan or whatever. And like, it, apparently, Lou had cameras in there that would watch them. And He's like kids, bro, like, fucking gross,
1: bro. Um,
0: but, yeah, so he would, like, inspect their abs. He would be like, you know, take off your shirts. You got to sell teen magazines. Let me ha- see how those abs look. So, apparently, in 2007, thousand F- the only, like, very well-documented investigation into the fucking kid diddling is a 2007 Vanity Fair investigation. Uh, Article that they did. Uh, they dig deep into the allegations and he just he did a lot of fucking gross shit. He was not a good guy. Um, and like I said in the documentary, they do talk about they talk about Kid Diddler, Kim him being a diddler. Uh, and then you have it cuts to like in the documentary, it's like he's a fucking gross pervert, Kid Diddler, Chomo, pedophile. Fuck him. And then cut Aaron Carter defending this man with his life about no him shit. not being a pedophile. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah.
0: So I, I don't know,
1: man. I, I believe. in mean, deadling. yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Aaron Carter just seemed, he's, he seemed to be struggling yeah. after. Oh yeah. yeah. So, so exactly.
0: Yeah. So, um, let's see it, but to put it plain and simple, uh, it, for these these boys, for Backstreet Boys and NSYNC, Lou was absolutely fucking them over like hardcore. Like, uh, they were making so much fucking money, like diamond, gold, platinum records. You know, selling at arenas. Uh, but they were only making like thirty five dollars a day. That was their per diem. What? Which they dude. thought was great because what? well, uh, hold on. They thought it was great because they, you know, they don't they're fucking teenagers, man. They don't know any better. They're getting Thir- they're getting free how they're getting free hotels, free dinners, you know, and a per diem of K
1: pop BTS dude, yeah, bullshit,
0: dude. and a per diem of thirty five dollars a day. And again, <sighs> they didn't mind it because everything else they were getting was for free uh you know they're international superstars man
1: 35 dollars but they've and
0: and at this point they're selling at arenas and they've actually never gotten a check from for their this is k-pop yeah oh yeah uh, damn
1: so also i just learned this is very sad uh the nick carter had a sister who died of an overdose 2012 oh shit really Damn, like, damn bro, both that's of his fucking fuck. siblings. That's awful. That's tough.
0: Yeah, that is. That's hard. That is fucking tragic.
1: That is sad. Damn.
0: So, like I said, Carter Life. Yeah, the Carter Life, dude. It'll get you. Um. So at this point, they have sold millions of records. They've been selling at arenas, but they have not seen an actual check for the work that they've done, the records they've sold. So baffling. In the documentary, they talk about this trip to L.A. where Lou said it was going to be their first check presentation. So they were about to finally get their big payday. Lou takes them all to this really nice, expensive dinner. They've sold millions of records at this point. they toured the world. They've sold out out arenas. And Lou has these cards, sets them down in front of every place. Um, They open it. They're ready to fucking see the money they made. They all get a check for ten thousand um, dollars, which is fucking nothing compared to the money that they. I were was making.
1: like, uh, "Yeah, okay." I was like, "Where's the rest yeah, of the money?" At
0: fucking nothing. Um, and so, also during the time of like Backstreet Boys and NSYNC when they were both, they were all on the, like the tour circuit, like in full swing, both of them. Lou was really good about putting them against each other, like making them hate each other and be like, you know. Oh, if you're not going to do it, I'll just go get in sync to do it and they'll fucking play ball and, and stuff like that. Like he was, uh, he made those kids hate each other so they would work harder and try to be better than, you know, the other. That's shit. It was, it, dude, it, yeah, that's it quite shitty. So after this $10,000 check fiasco, uh, they start getting lawyers to look over their contracts and they are fucking uh, stunned by what they see. So, the contract that these boys had signed to be in this band was basically uh, robbery just on paper. Um, the lawyers that were looking over it stated it was the worst contract they had ever seen. So apparently, Lou had put in their contract that. Uh, so, and if you you know roll a refresher, In Sync and Backstreet Boys are a five piece boy band. They never yeah. there was they kind of like I don't know. They just felt they should. They don't need to go over five people. Like that's a good number. So in the contract, Lou had put in in the paper that he was the sixth member of Backstreet Boys and in sync. So anything they made, he oh. made exactly the same cut of genius. the profits. Yeah, absolutely genius. So what a scum. So he made yeah, dude, super scummy. So he made exactly everything they were making for the record sales. And was using like their cut of the money to like because one of the things Lou always told them was like, you know, you know it's gonna be a while before you see some real money because we're in so much debt and like you know you owe a lot of money because you know record pressing and whatever. What he was doing was using the money that the boys were making to pay for their hat pay for the big house they lived in, the dinners, the records, everything. Like every time Lou was like, "Let me take you guys out to dinner," they were paying for it with their money. What and making he he made it seem like he was covering
1: the bill and everything. That's so funny. Dude. What a cheap piece of yeah, shit. you royally fucking out here skimming over. fucking fifty bucks. Yeah, you know? he's, dude. He's like, you know what? I'm gonna take y'all out to Applebee's. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> and they go to Applebee's. So uh,
0: after they start looking at their contracts and they're like, "Holy fuck! Like we need to get out of this somehow." Uh, Lou turns They're from... are like, I'm old
1: enough to read now. This yeah, bad. yeah, this is not this good. This real bad.
0: Uh, Lou turns from this, like, father figure to, uh, fucking just, like, super shitty guy. Like, he always has been, that he was just hiding. So, the kids wanted to renegotiate their contract, so he, uh, eventually, the lawsuit started coming in yep. against Lou, and... Uh, yep. I, I, the Lewis' whole side of the argument was that he wanted to keep the boys from using the name In and Backstreet Boys because he owned them. At the end of the day, he fucking started them. He started Backstreet Boys. He started NSYNC. They were his. They can't have Jesus. Them. Yeah. Luckily, though, uh, the 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 lawsuit ended with the boys being able to get out of their contract and being able to keep their name, Backstreet Boys and NSYNC. Uh, and after this whole thing, did, got, so did he have to pay them? I didn't see; they didn't mention anything about him having. To, I I believe he. I th- I think he did. Uh, but they did, there was no like number estimate there. Uh, or number mentioned. Oh, okay. Uh, but okay. after the whole contract thing got settled, NSYNC releases their smash hit album, No String or No Strings Attached. Uh, oh, I love which that! Which is
1: <laughs> primo, dude. Super. It's primo. like when um. It's like when Frank Ocean yeah, released yeah. that video album to get out of his contract Dude. and then dropped uh, Blonde. He dropped Blonde, yeah. I love it, you stories know. of like shit like that. Yeah. Uh, it says, Pearlman was ousted as Backstreet Boys manager, but the settlement agreement they reached, wait, gave him $30 million. And he continued earning a portion of the band's profit. How does he keep doing that? How does he get he's, the money? He's like, I'm getting sued, and then
0: you're paying me for damage. Like, I don't. That's insane. Uh, dude, I, I think I think part of it was like, I would like to assume that the, the Pearlman was like, well, give me this amount of money, and I get to take a cut of the sales, and you'll get out of your contracts. Because the contracts were pretty ironclad. Besides, like, the only shred of, like, hope they had for getting out of the contract was the contract said something along the lines of they, the boys have to be signed to an American record company. Uh, and apparently they were signed to like, or something of the sorts and whoever they were signed to was like a German based company. And that was their only glimmer of hope to get out of the contract, but it was still pretty ironclad. Yeah. So, uh, Lou, after this whole falling out, goes on to create those other boy bands I mentioned earlier. Uh, none of them being as big as Backstreet Boys are in sync, obviously. Um, he also gave those bands equally shitty fucking contracts. Uh, oh, like, yeah. Like, uh, dude, I feel like he,
1: he K popped them before K. Oh, oh K-popped yeah. K-popped yeah. Him. You know what I mean? Like, dude, for he, sure. He fucking. The fucking K pop goons are like, oh, I like what you got going there. Yeah.
0: So, uh, exploiting
1: children. And,
0: mm. and they talk about, like, these other bands talk about, um, signing with Lou, uh, during the whole era of when they, when they got signed. And they're like, you know, we fucking, we were kids, we were teenagers. We knew, we heard the stories of what he did to Backstreet Boys. But, like, it's one of those things that's, you know, he could change your life overnight and you know, you're basically signing a deal with the devil and that's what we did. If we could go back, we wouldn't do it. Which, yeah, yeah, it's Ah. shitty, but. uh, is a shit. Yeah. Manipulating teenagers, man. Um, so in 2006, uh, investigators start to discover that Lou was behind the longest running Ponzi scheme in American history and def defrauded, individuals, and banks out of more than $1 billion. What? So, yeah. A
1: bill? And he's out here skimming off kids, dude. dude yeah. Such scum. So... Such scum. No amount of pennies mm. he would miss, dude. Oh, my God. So, uh, for... Around for more than
0: twenty years, Lou would get people to invest in a number of his companies, such as Transcontinental Airlines, Transcon Records, and the parent company, Transcon Entertainment. Um, he also uh, he also had this program titled uh, Employee Investment Savings Account that he had people invest their money into, and they it would you know a savings account it would incur interest, and they would get paid out the interest. So, the only thing is that these companies, well, I don't want to say never existed. They existed, but they only existed on paper.
1: Uh, Name only, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: So, Transcon Airlines, I think I said Transcon Entertainment for the parent company. It's Transcon International. So, Transcon Airlines, Transcon Records, and Transcon, the parent company, Transcon International... They were only a thing on paper. They there was no actual anything. Um they never existed uh except and until TransCon Records signed in sync and Backstreet Boys. Then he had something to show to be like, this is a real thing. Look at what I've done. Uh I've got these two international sensations that I've created. This is all legit. He also falsified FDIC, AIG, and Lloyd's Bank of London documents to con investors into investing in that employee investment savings account that he had created. All while fusing using fake financial statements to create—I'm uh, sorry—fake financial statements created by a fake accounting firm to secure very large bank loans. Um mm, okay. I, find, I, I found it kind of funny because it, it, not the defrauding, you know individuals because there was like a lot of people in the documentary who talked about like, like kind of how your story was like my, you know, s- parents passed away and we invested uh, 500, you know, a hundred yeah, thousand dollars in this yeah. company. We lost it all. And, you know, there was a lady it was talking about her husband who fought in world war two or her, I don't know. I think it was her dad or something. I don't know. Fought in a war and like, you know, use money like pension money to invest and lost that and he passed away or whatever, but he fucked over a lot of good people. Um, so what I did find funny was that, uh, so the airline didn't exist, but he needed something to show people that, you know, look at, look, you know, look at, look at my airline, look at my planes. So he borrowed a, he would show them pictures of transcontinental planes taking off and in the air He borrowed a fake model plane from a friend and held on to the wing of it and took a picture with the wing cut out so it looked like the plane was taking off. Fucking hilarious. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. And also, the boys kind of knew that something was a little sus because they were like, yeah, you know, we would... You know, we would take these flights and we were all confused because if he owns an airline, then why are we flying coach for Delta? Yeah, Yeah, in Delta (laughs) and stuff like that. Like, why couldn't he just help us out to get a flight? Also that piece of shit just put him in coach and not fucking I was first like, class. Oh my
1: god, dude. Every penny. That's dude, what I'm yeah. I hate that. He was I a f- fucking piece of shit. So dude sitting on a billion dollars and he's like, mm, "What if I'm, I'm, I I would make I'm, $100 yeah, less? I'm scraping by. Scraping by. Fucking loser."
0: Um so in two thousand seven, the feds announced that Pearlman, along with his companies, and even more so, the savings program he had started was a fraud, and that most of the money that he had got from investors was gone. And so was Lou. He fled the country. Uh, uh probably yeah. just, you know, I don't know much, but it probably would have been easier to flee the country if you actually owned airplanes for your airline.
1: I think you just fly right out. <laughs> yeah, you'd right? be good to go. <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: so uh, eventually Lou is arrested in Indonesia and it was really funny cause they sent feds to Indonesia to, um, I don't remember if it was to exactly arrest him. I think the first time they were there or something, it was to kind of figure out where he's at and then plan how they're going to arrest him. And someone was like, uh, got a tip. Someone sent in a tip to the feds of like, Oh, he's at this hotel. Uh, because they had snapped a picture of him eating breakfast at this hotel. And oh. one table over is the fucking feds that they had sent to figure out where he is, <laughs> having no idea that he's, he's eating breakfast at the table behind hey,
1: him. Hey, look, it's a picture of you being fired. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> A real-time photo of you being of fired, yeah. So, um... So he flees the country. He is arrested in Indonesia on June fourteenth, two thousand seven, and um, after being spotted by a tourist wow, couple in Indonesia. Germany. Yeah, he went to a ton of places, but that's where he was arrested at.
1: I didn't know Indonesia has an extradition treaty with the U.S. That's good to know. Jesus. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Uh, and but a- I can flee to Indonesia. Yeah. Oh wait, oh it says now the U.S. does not have an extradition treaty with. China, Indonesia, Iran, Russia, Qatar, Saudi Arabia. Really? Yeah. Interesting. I wonder why how he got picked up. I mean, uh, I mean they they could have just been fine with doing like, yeah, it. You know? Yeah,
0: I think that's what happened. I mean, also yeah. with an extradition tra- extradition treaty, I mean, wouldn't the they, like, the Indonesia police or government have to help them with the arrest, and then, like... Yeah. I would imagine if the feds went over there and just arrested him themselves, they could do whatever they want. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what you were saying, yeah. Um. So, on May 21st, 2008, uh, Lou was sentenced 25 years in prison on charges of conspiracy, money laundering, and making a false statement during a
1: bankruptcy proceeding. Um, I can't believe that's a charge. Dude, yeah. Yeah. You're like, also lying while you're being bankrupt. Jesus you're like, dude, just do it. Christ. Just yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: the judge went even as far as to tell Lou for every million dollars you pay back to the victims, you will get a month off your sentence, which he didn't do, obviously, uh, because also some of the money that he had defrauded was missing. Like they didn't get it all. Uh, oh, so it's okay. safe to say he had some stashed away, uh, but didn't give any of the money back. So no time off his sentence. So the day before his court hearing, he also requested access to a phone and internet to promote bands. He was like, he was like, "I'll pay back the money. Just give me access to a phone and the internet, and I'll whip something up real quick." And it's like, dude,
1: stop, stop.
0: <laughs> so, um, so Lou started his sentence in 2008 and was projected to be released in 2009. But in 2010, he died in prison of a stroke.
1: When and uh, he, Wait, was he was Wait, he was projected to get out in one year, twenty twenty nine. oh 2029. Yeah, Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, and then he died. Yeah, awesome. He died. He died in 62. prison. Yeah. Fuck yeah! He didn't even live very long. Absolute fucker. Yeah. Absolute what a garbage fucker. piece of human trash. Yeah. He was. Fucking,
0: I don't know. And he was also one of those people too that was big name. Oh my god! He was well. first
1: cousin of Art Garfunkel. I said that. Yeah, I know it's just okay, crazy. Okay, yeah, it's just <laughs> I <was> crazy. Like, <laughs> Why doesn't this guy? I don't know. He could have done so good, completely legit. Yep, a hundred percent. I mean, he got money from fucking over a bunch of kids, dude. He yeah. got money,
0: it, and like one of the things too is like you could have made like even if you didn't fuck over the kids and were legit, you would have still made so much fucking
1: money off of them like yes i don't understand I, dude where does Jesus. it stop dude rich people who con i'm like like the scott tucker dude perfect yeah. example i'm like you're such a piece of shit you're so dude. Garbage. it's that fucking sexual, there's no amount of money that fucking makes you happy you're it's unsatisfied
0: ridiculous. it's that fucking sexual attraction of money dude like yeah and he like spent like the the boys were talking about like oh you know his house was like disneyland like he had jet skis like like yeah. all types of shit he had like uh his own like studio, uh, in Universal and stuff like that. It was he was spending fucking money out the ass, dude. And he he would also do, except uh,
1: for f- on the fucking yeah, kids. yeah, on the people that were making, dude. Money. I cannot believe a $35 per diem. That's yeah, it's crazy, crazy, dude. That's and then I it's really ins- insidious, but also fairly genius to be like, you know. T- fucking trickle dimes yeah. into their lap forever and then make a big whole deal and like here's your $10,000. Dude, You're I feel like what? I wonder, don't you owe me like 2 million. Yeah,
0: I wonder <laughs> if he had not been so fucking greedy and like if he had not been so fucking greedy and um given them more money in that initial check presentation like like in the documentary he's like, you know, we're sitting there, we're excited, we don't know if it's going to be like uh you know six figures you know whatever i feel like if he would have given them a six figure check he would have like he
1: could have they wouldn't he, have said shit he yeah. could have continued the con for longer and like he could have given them even just one hundred thousand dollars. yeah yeah, yeah. like wow perfect you know? and it's
0: it was it, I don't know, it's just shitty because like a lot of them talk about in the documentary they're like yeah like we could like we were struggling to pay our car payment like to pay our rent and stuff like that, like we—that's insane. Yeah, he was like, it just didn't add up. He was like, we were the biggest boy band in the world, and I'm I'm
1: having trouble paying my car payment. It doesn't make any sense. You're like hanging out with Nick Carter, and he's like, hey man, can you pay for this? Yeah, lunch? can you? Yeah, like, you got like no? On you. Like what the fuck? fuck you, do you! Mean, you dude? do yeah. <laughs> but He's yeah. like, bro, I already spent my per diem. Yeah, on a my thirty-five
0: dollars. <laughs>
1: Yeah, Luke Provo was a piece of shit and a choke. He was he, uh, yeah. The AB inspections thing is, uh, yeah, gross. Yeah, the, it's gross the AB inspections
0: do. and like the the fucking accusations of kid diddling and shit. Man, he's just fucking gross. But it, he, dude, I
1: mean, that guy basically never missed an opportunity to be a piece of shit.
0: That's true. He fucking you know. Knocked him down as they came. He was like, I'm going to get out of them.
1: hand it to him. He's yeah. consistent. <laughs> you will
0: have that on the big jobs. Um, But he, I don't know. It, there, there was a guy, it, it, like I said, he was also a big name dropper. That was one of the, how he got people to invest in his savings plan. Like he had a bunch of um, like Backstreet Boys memorabilia on the wall and everything and uh like gold records and like a key to the city that he had gotten and he was like oh look at all the stuff i did and i think i i'm pretty sure i read that when they like seized his house and stuff like that it was full of like art like valuable art and memorabilia he had bought and it turned out it was all like fake and like they were like like they like sold it on ebay jesus christ
1: what the fuck fucking crazy man this episode's Uh, two hours long the uh, moral of today's story is if you are famous and make a lot of ton of money, uh, the only people who should manage you should be uncharming nerds. Uh, True. If they mention someone else's name, shut them out. They can't be cool at all. They need to be wearing cargo pants. You know, that is a man you trust with your money.
0: They gotta be one step above like living in a cave. Like, yes, like yes. Of their own choice. Of their own choice. Yeah, absolutely. A hundred and ten percent But yeah, um,
1: that's that's uh, a lot of famous people lot, in this one, dude. I know a lot of a lot of, of names being people. dropped around. I didn't here. realize. Ha- I I knew Pearlman was gross. I didn't know it was like that. I didn't I either. No I idea. I had known he that... he was like a full on fucking like mob. Yeah, you know.
0: I I had known he fucked over the Backstreet Boys, but I didn't know really anything about like the like the pedophilia <laughs> stuff and like just I I didn't I knew he just gave the Backstreet Boys a shitty contract, but I didn't realize. He, he, it was called, it was called the sixth man contract is what it was coined as. Uh, yeah, it 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 is really, really smart. Such
1: a shady genius thing to do. A hundred percent.
0: Uh, but yeah, we we will, uh, see you guys next week. Uh, no idea what we're covering per
1: usual. You could send us ideas. It'd be cool if you did. Actually, I do know I'm covering. Oh, oh, you do. Yeah. I remember you telling me that.
0: Oh, uh, also, I'm going to start a new segment on Twitch about giving advice. So if you want me to give you advice on a stream and then turn it into a video, you can send your problems or whatever at snacksadvice at gmail.com. It'll be anonymous, pinky promise. Also, if you want to send us mail, you can uh, at the podcast, Snacks Packs Podcast, and send us an email at snackspacksmail at gmail.com. We'll see you guys next week. Be safe. Be kind to others. Be kind to yourself. Love you so much. Bye-bye.